Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I said to you that you have that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day here. I need some water. Get some water. I just say water's the best drink ever. Yeah, because it is. All right. Um. Uh, verse forty. For this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about Him because He said, "I am the bread that came down from heaven." They said. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me who sent me, draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this flesh... He will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Up, Sean. Um, yeah, a lot of epic stuff. So, the I, I don't know how familiar y'all are with the topics at hand that this is kind of dealing with, but this is um, there's something called reformed theology. Uh, which is uh, essentially, uh, it can kind of be summarized. This is mainly from um, someone named John Calvin. Uh, are you the real Bible man? Yes, I am the real Bible man, Sean. Um, it, it kind of, a lot of it came from, or not a lot of it, it came from like early reformers like Martin Luther and uh, John Calvin and, and like people like that. Uh, it's actually kind of given the name as Calvinistic theology. Uh, so there's kind of two wow. sides of a spectrum, uh, Calvinistic theology and Arminianist theology, which I believe Arminianist theology is um, sort of uh, the opposite of Calvinistic theology. Um, and uh, so there's uh, the basic version of it is that there's a, uh, five points to it it's it's called tulip and i just want to say this is uh this is stuff that of what i personally believe i don't think either having either idea uh really uh, makes you not a christian um it's definitely like um it's definitely 
second tier stuff stuff that we're in, able to enjoy and debate about so like i don't debate uh someone who has more or i guess discuss would be a better word not debate um i don't discuss with someone who has a more armenianist theology and uh, be sad because they're not a christian uh but when i talk to someone who is like a mormon i would uh, be sad because they aren't a christian and they're believing in this um, theology that damns them because they deny uh, the um, they deny the basic truths of Christianity. Um, so uh, that being said, we can have some fun with this. If you disagree with me, feel free to speak out or type it in the discussion chat. Because um, we'll be honest, not a lot of people agree with this stuff. Uh, and then I guess I'll go over Tulip and then. We will then go back uh, verse for verse because I don't want to, um, I don't want to make it just about this. I just I want to make it about what the text is actually saying, instead of just focusing on this topical thing because I think there is more to it that's good to be expounded upon other than just this. So, um, tulip, T, the T is total depravity, which means that we are all born in original sin uh you know from the fall from adam and that uh humanity is born fully and totally depraved we cannot get to god uh based on our own volition based on what we want to do uh, um, what is so volition sorry volition is what volition exactly. i guess a desire to or like uh, action mixed with like desire type thing so Okay. Um, and then you is unconditional election, meaning that uh, before the foundations of the earth, God has already chose some for salvation. Um, and then, and wait, yeah, God has already chose some for salvation, and uh, he, like in that, He has not done it um, with any partiality. Because to us, we are all fallen, and we are all sinful and evil. And he doesn't look at us according to our works to save us. Um, L, limited atonement, uh, meaning that Jesus' death on the cross is for the people who God has called and who God has uh, predestined. That's a very common word, is, is predestination. Um, so that Jesus' death is supplied to the elect. And um and this is all obviously a very basic overview. If you have if you want me to go deeper into any of them outside of this or, or during this, just let me know. Um I is irresistible grace, meaning that when God calls you, that you cannot deny that call. Um so essentially the the father's call is uh, yeah, undeniable. You are not going to say no to such a great gift. Um, then P is perseverance of the saints. Uh, you will once saved, always saved. Uh, so essentially, after you've been in grace and uh, have been given this gift, you are never going to want to back down from it or believe it. So, that is uh, uh, the basic overview of this and something to to keep in mind as we go through 
because if you remember, there's a lot of stuff very reminiscent of this when reading through the passage. <laughs> All right, but let's go back to verse 35. Did I what? Type it up in uh, the Bible study chat so we can reference it. Uh Oh, the, the thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll find, I can look one up too. Uh, it's Total depravity. Uh, Sorry, I just know I'm not going to remember every one of it. It takes me a while fine. to remember things. Perseverance, the saints, and um, this is definitely something that people figure out a lot here. Let me actually, uh, I will be right back. I don't think he's coming back. Uh, sorry about that. I, I did not have my uh, things I was referencing here next to me. So what I usually reference for this Bible study is uh, a Reformation study Bible that I have, and also a uh, commentary. It's a joint commentary on Luke and John. And um, it's funny because they, they have agreed upon everything up until this point. This is very definitely a divisive thing where one supports Calvinistic thought and one supports uh, the more free will thought, which is uh, kind of what um, Arminianism is mainly about. If you want to take it as predestination versus free will is also kind of an abbreviation of it. Okay, let's go back to the text. Let me actually open up this um. Bible. Go ahead. So, from what I've heard about Calvinism, it's kind of like, like you said, like Calvinism versus Arminianism. It's like free does free will. Do we have free will, mm -hmm. basically? So, what do you believe about that? I believe that we have a free will to a certain extent. Um, it's kind of like a good way to put it is: uh, is man free? Yes, you'd have to acknowledge that man is free to be logically consistent with a lot of scripture. Is God free? Most certainly. He is, I would argue, the most free. Um, but then when you look at between the two, who is more free to do as they please? And I would say God is more free than man to do as he pleases. All right. That, that's how I'd put it. So in this, I'm not denying that we make our own decisions to a certain extent. Yeah, it's um, it is kind of a weird thing, of definitely with uh, the calling of the father, it's um, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I very much All appreciate right. your question. All right. So, let's see. Let's set up the context of this, uh, because it's been a bit since we've done it. This is after the um, 
Uh, all this happens in very quick succession. So in John 5, I believe there's around a... I think it was like a two-year... Um, or maybe a year split between the end of John 5 and the beginning of John 6 as to when chronologically the events happened. And so now Jesus feeds uh, the 5,000 men. And um, this, is, uh, this is after he leaves that as disciples go on a ship. And then Jesus comes out, walks on water to them. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, the morning is like the, the feeding. And then the nighttime, or when evening came, is when Jesus walks on water. And then the very next day, uh, they uh, went to the other side of the sea. I think uh, it said Tiberius. Um, and now they, so they are away from, where were they originally? Let me check what the verse says. Uh... They're on one side of the Sea of Tiberias, and now they're on the other. And so people followed him because they gave, he gave free food. If there's a dude who's giving out free food just from, like, nothing, or it's like he walks in with, like, a loaf of bread and, like, a fish, and he, give, and he feeds 5,000 people, you're going to want to stick around that dude because that's pretty freaking cool. Um, they obviously did it for the wrong reasons, which uh, kind of expounded upon... Uh, earlier in this chapter where they weren't seeking him because he was god they were seeking him because you know like free food um they were seeking him for selfish gain type thing um so that's kind of what's happening here is uh they have they are now with jesus the crowd formed around him and this is in the middle of kind of jesus talking to the crowd and uh, so Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. So the thirst is um, also kind of something that's been established in John uh, John 5, where Jesus is the well of eternal life. And um, let me clarify, when it says that they won't hunger or they won't thirst, that doesn't mean that you never have to eat again. Don't become a Christian and then just stop eating. It's um, <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's definitely very involved in the in the sense of the spiritual, of um, you will never uh, hunger or thirst, and you'll have eternal life. Your your spirit is uh, eternal at that point. Um, but. Yes. Sorry. I had a message that I had to read real quick. Um so yeah, don't don't hunger strike. Um all right. Can I ask something real quick? Go ahead, please. Fasting. Fasting. Yes. Should we still do it? Is it still uh I don't want to say like is it is it good? Is it worth is it still something people should do? Um yep, yeah, I mean it's definitely something where uh it can be beneficial. Um, is it necessary though? Do you have to do it in order to in order I to guess. be saved? No. Yeah. Good. No. No. Let's check it. It's that's definitely like a sanctification type thing, which uh, I guess this would be a good thing to clear up for as far as um as far as uh what's it called like um terminology uh. 
probably something I'll reference a good bit, is sanctification, justification, and glorification. So, justification is uh, essentially us being saved, um, and God making us righteous. He imputes Jesus' righteousness onto us, meaning Jesus takes on all our sin on the cross, and now we are now seen righteous in the eyes of God. And then sanctification is uh, us being made into his likeness. How is that done? That is done with the Holy Spirit now residing in Christians, and the Holy Spirit convicts us, and it makes us into his likeness more and more. And then glorification is essentially when this says, I raise them up on the last day, that's heavenly body. When you go to heaven, you um, uh, Christians won't groan anymore. Oh, someone left. Um, won't grow into what? Won't groan, like be in pain or anything like that. Be physically afflicted. Ah... Yeah. Um, so, uh, fasting is definitely something that uh, would involve the sanctification process, and we didn't see Jesus shy away from from fasting. He spent forty days no. and forty nights in the like wilderness, being tempted while not eating. It's um, it, it's I don't think it sh- it is something that is taken lightly. You shouldn't you shouldn't just fast for like like wanting to like be skinny or something like that it's it should be a very spiritual thing where you are not only um uh, barring yourself from food but you should be in constant prayer and in constant study of the word otherwise what's the point type thing you don't really get a benefit from that yeah it's um firearm is typing Ready, hit me with it, firearm. Also, it doesn't only have to be fasting of only food, but it can be... Yeah, you can... Um, There's definitely different ways for you to do it. Um, but no, that is not something that you are saved by. <laughs> All right. Oh, I just got Charizard evolved today. I just noticed the picture was... Sorry. You're, you're fine. Um... John 6.36 is where we're picking up from. Uh, but I said to you Hello. that you Hello. have seen me, and yet you do not believe. So this is, again, back to the people who are going to him for like selfish reasons. of They just want the food, but they don't see his godhood. Um, and then verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So this is kind of when we're starting to get into this whole predestination thing of um, all that the Father gives me. So you have the Father giving to Jesus, which is essentially the Father calling us to Jesus, um, will come to me. So there is the um, there is the calling of the Father. There is that irresistible grace that they can't deny him because they will come to Jesus when the Father gives them to him. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Perseverance of the saints. You will never, um, Jesus will never abandon you. Or you'll never deny that type of grace. Um, does that make sense? Do I need to explain it in a different way or, um, Could we have an example from why, like, in the Bible? So, like, 
I, I'm thinking I'm looking at it, so like the apostles, like that will seem kind of like intentional. Like I know what you. It seems like it was predetermined almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with Judas the betraying and stuff like that, it had to happen. Yeah. Do you want an example of predestination in someone? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess um, this might not be exactly what you're looking for. But the thing that comes to mind is Lazarus um, and that illustration of uh, uh, it really sets up our condition. The, so the poor man, right? Sorry. The dude who's dead and Jesus yeah. revives. Oh, yes. He, he was yes. dead for three days. And, um, and then, so, okay, yep, yep, I remember now. <laughs> so Lazarus it was dead. And if you want to take this to an analogy and apply it to us, we are completely dead in our sin. Second uh, Timothy 3... Uh, uh, 19 through 21, we were like in a snare of the devil that we essentially can't really escape from. We're dead. There's nothing that we can do because one sin equals death and we cannot atone for our sin without death, which is why Christ died. But, um, so Jesus raising him from the dead, that is not something that Lazarus could deny. It's something that is kind of like given to him you're not going to be pulled out of like a prison and like given a mansion and be like i like the prison better that's just yeah. it's just <laughs> send like send me back to jail please that's not something that people do and yeah and i don't know there's not necessarily examples i can pull up no no that was good enough okay. like it, it helps me understand okay i just wanted like to just just kind of be like a i guess a practical version of it not practical like a an example that works it's a good you did it thank you for uh i understand for the follow winston everwolf that ender wolf is that you winston just follow this me? is a twitch stream <clears throat> yeah. i mean that's a bible study not a twitch stream get off hey of that. i need vods <laughs> dude i need <laughs> i need the subs bro that's the quickest way to get famous on twitch <laughs> Twitch loves Christians and like white males and conservatives and stuff, right? It's, it's also owned by Amazon, so. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, but I said yeah. to you that you have seen me, and yet you know, okay, we already went over that. All that the Father gives me will come, and we'll never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. So yes, this is something that has been uh, consistent throughout John that Jesus is not coming to do a self-serving will. He is on a mission for the Father. He is doing the Father's will. Um, at the end, uh, um, when Christ is glorified, it's said that that the right hand of the Father and a mission is completed, or a mission well completed, perfectly completed, if you will. Um, he's not after a self-seeking um of self-seeking uh, of his own will, which is uh, when you have to put it in perspective of uh, um, of Jesus before the incarnation, he was God and God for all eternity and have been sharing the glory with the Father, Spirit. And he has to then, or what he did then, is put on flesh be barred from his own glory to then come down to earth and die for us. And then even on the cross of 
Jesus, the father looks away from Jesus. And, and it's like he had to. He can't look at the entirety of the world's sin. It's in that, it's that moment on the cross is so understated. This is an eternally triune God existing for all eternity. We are literally nothing within that eternity. This world, our lives are a vapor compared to that eternity. Ecclesiastes, yeah. vanity of vanity. Everything is vapor. That's what vanity means. It's all worthless. Because how are you going to compare, I don't know, say 2,000 years or whatever to infinity? Infinity. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. And it's In, like, try, uh, sorry. No, you're fine. Say what you want to say. Wasn't there, uh, I remember reading something about, it's like, oh, a thousand years is a year in heaven and a year in heaven is a thousand years. Or, or no, a day in heaven is a thousand years. And yeah, a thousand years is a day. Like, it just like, there's no real concept of time. Yeah. It's, so there's like an infinite. It's it's outside of time. It's, it's infinite. And the first time in infinity the one of the persons of god was alone like that's an insane concept that you can't even fully understand but sorry that's um that was a little rant um let's see yeah so jesus is not seeking his own will but the father's will their wills are very much so the same which is something that I've went over before. Like when Jesus, uh, when God sent Jesus down to earth, Jesus was like, no, I don't want to. It, it wasn't like that. <laughs> he was completely subservient and not going against it. That doesn't mean that he's then seeking his own will just because it's in line with the father's, that he's ultimately seeking the father's will. Um, all right. For, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will who sent me, uh, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. So when you have to look at, when you look at this passage, um, what he's giving him is people, is souls, almost pretty much, of that he is saving, uh, but be that belief in him will save them. And it's Jesus's job and will to never let you go. And raise every and raise all the elect, which is essentially the people who are predestined before the foundation of the earth. I think that's in uh, Ephesians one. Um, that he will raise them all up on the last day. That that is um yeah. Not one will be left behind by Christ. Um, verse forty. For this is the will of the, the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah, so that's essentially just the same thing that was said before. But, yeah. Um, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And uh, so before in this chapter, going earlier, uh, uh, Jesus... Um, Jesus was talking about, let's see, the the manna in Exodus, and how the and ultimately the manna in Exodus uh, went away. That the end of the by the time morning came, the manna spoiled. You couldn't have leftovers of it. And that's something that had to be constantly supplied, um, and it was given to them. Uh, 
but Jesus is the bread that comes from heaven, and he never spoils. He is he is constantly there. So this is um, uh, let's see, kind of a thing where that has already happened, and then they are grumbling. Uh, I he said because he said. Uh, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? So yeah, this is a very uh, interesting thing. Because people uh, eventually would accept him as God, even his own brothers, when they, it's like, it's just your brother. I could not imagine one of my brothers claiming to be God and me believing them. Like, that doesn't make sense. Or, like, that's not something that you could really understand in your own mind. Obviously, Jesus would then prove it by his death on the cross and showing that the one thing that would beat all the other prophets, which is death, was not something that restricts him. Um, so... It's kind of an an interesting thing to to understand that there there are people around Jesus who do him from when he was a baby. There are people who have like been with him all his life, or his earthly life, not his heavenly life. Um, it's just it's it's a weird thing to to wrap your head around. Um, Let's see. And Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah, so the Father draws, uh, he raises up, and he holds on to them for eternity. Um, it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. So yeah, no one has ever looked upon the Father except someone who has come from God. In Jesus' case, he is God. And um, you, you do have uh, things with uh, like Moses of being in between a rock and a hard place. And uh, the glory of God, not even his his being, but like the glory of him passes by, and he has to have his eyes closed and is like, uh, and like just looking into the rock, but it's still so blindingly bright. Um, we we can't look at his face and live. That's just not something that can be done. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, and they will all be taught by God. Um, everyone who has heard and learned from God comes to me. Let me, let me double check. There's a, I'm missing, like I'm missing. Uh. Me. Uh. Ignore this verse. I just need to say, see what it says. For... Do I not know how to spell? Maybe. How do you spell Isaiah? Uh, I... I... It's I-S-H-A-I-H. 
maybe this is it. Oh, yeah. What? Okay, let me just go to it in my Bible, I guess. Gotta do it the old-fashioned way. So it sucks so much. I S A I A H. Uh, oh, I guess. Okay. You know, this could be still be nothing. Uh, sometimes there's random references. Uh, all children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the of your children. Alright, and then I think... Apparently in this original context, or in the context of Isaiah, this is a promise of final redemption. Interesting. Ow. That is like... This is kind of like a very similar context of the promising of a final redemption. Um, and raising everyone up on the last day. Alright, which is in this very next verse. Um, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Alright. Yeah, whoever believes in Christ, whether it was in this time, when they're having faith in the, the, the future which would be the cross. We have faith in the past and uh, in the past and in the cross. So, um, yeah, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the wilderness and they died. Sucks. Um, this is uh, the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Uh, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. All right, hold on one second. Uh... So, there's definitely, um, with, uh, let's see, uh, verse... 49, your fathers ate of the manna in the wilderness and died. They definitely had um, a physical death. They are dead by now, uh, obviously. Um, but there was also a lot of spiritual death while they were in the wilderness. A lot of uh, worshipping of uh, false gods, of, of golden calves, um, which kind of could make it work twofold. But that is, that's the end of the passage. Uh... Thoughts, questions, concerns, anything you want to expand, want me to expound upon, or if you want to add something. Maggle? What? <laughs> you don't Good have things. You don't have any questions about. Uh, well, I guess if I can ask, like, recommend something, can you start? Uh giving us like active stuff with tulip and like relating all that stuff to the tulip thing i give you active stuff what do you mean like uh so you're just reading the verse right mm -hmm. so uh now how do those verses reflect with tulip or are you just setting us up for this big old like showdown no um so let's see uh i can point out the verses 
there, let's see. Uh, do 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 do. Okay. Uh, verse John six thirty seven. Uh, all that the Father gives to me gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. So if you look at Tulip, you will see um, all that the Father gives to me. Unconditional election. The Father is giving us to Him. That would then mean that there has to be a calling to us. Then you have to look at um, perseverance of the saints. Because Jesus is saying that he will never cast anyone out. And then you have to look at... Uh, there's kind of things like that are always a given. Uh, the one that's always a given that people will never really disagree on is total depravity. That we are born sinful and evil. Um, that's one that I find that everyone's... Every Christian I really know is kind of like, yeah, that, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, makes um, sense. But irresistible grace for this case would be if you... If you want an, uh, a calling to be complete and totally perfect and no one can deny it, that means it has to be irresistible. Um, so do you want me to do something like that for all the verses that are in this little passage? or You don't have to. I, I actually was making some of the connections on my own. Okay. Because I, like, oh, yeah. I, I know I, I like briefly mentioned it, but I could go into oh. more detail with them. If you want, if you have questions about a certain verse, I guess. Uh, is it just me? Oh no, we got other people here. No, it's All it's right. not just you. Uh, just just to clarify, the tulip is the like the five points of Calvinism, right? Yes, that is correct. And do you consider yourself a Calvinist? Uh yes. Well, not. Uh, so my denomination is a Reformed Baptist. That's okay. um, which is essentially Calvinistic theology. But uh, there's also credo-baptism, which is one of the things that's kind of closely related with Reformed theology because of, like, mm -hmm. Presbyterians is infant baptism, which I disagree mm -hmm. with. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I would agree with these, but I don't, like... The word Calvinist really sucks. I don't want to well, be, yeah, like, was... named after some dude who, who thought... Who, like, looked at the Bible <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I... Wait, some dude forget I what? said that. And then... No. I was curious you're fine how how are you holding up firearm you still cooking i think firearm's dead i've how's fire nope you're done cooking but do you got any questions you cooking up any questions for us firearm who cooking up some questions nah. this guy oh, I, I expected I expected more resistance Here's the thing, though. Like, Viva la revolution. The way you're, like, presenting it, it just makes sense. <laughs> like, like, oh, here's the reason why. Let me go show you a reference to it. It's like, if you want us to not believe you or something, I'd be like, all right, this is how it is, because I said so. Are you Stop Calvinist now, qualities. Right now? Yeah, right now. Did I convert? I'm not going to. I'm not completely, I would say. Uh, what do you agree with and what do you disagree with? I would. Go through all the points. What do you agree with and right. what do you disagree with? So let's start with totally depraved. Well, I, yes, we agree. Okay. Or, yep. Unconditional election makes sense. Okay. Actually, like now that I look at it and I'm like thinking about saints and apostles and all the stuff that's going on. Well, makes sense. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. All right. What are you gonna say? Okay. So with uncon, what is it? Unconditional election. Yes. So uh, like yeah. you talking about yeah. how saints and apostles use they like are seem predestined i guess 
Uh, not all of them, but or some like of them do. predetermined or whatever. Yeah. Um, like the way I see it is that like God bless it's you. not so much about the the possible person; it's more about how God used them. So like those people were just, would have just been like normal people, right? So God could have chosen anyone. It just so happened to be that he chose those people. And so it's not so much about the people being predetermined to be those apostles. It's more like, I guess the focus isn't on that. It's more about what God used through them. And so like the same way with us, we have the will, the free will to, I guess, either go along with God's will or not. And, God's will is going to get done either way. It's just a matter of whether he allows us to be a it's part a of that of who, or if we choose not to. Like, yes, yeah, so it's just like, it's not, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's just one. It's just a matter of if we want to participate or not. Huh. So do you think Mary Magdalene was just, or not Mary Magdalene, so Mary was just like, nah, someone else can have the Son of God. Maybe well, I mean, like somebody else before. She could have. I don't see why. Okay. Like, I mean, I don't see why God wouldn't give her a choice. So, um, I do want to add. There is a verse that I referenced earlier, before the start of this, which is Ephesians. Wasn't finished, dude. Go ahead. Just kidding. Continue. Okay. I do have a point, but you. Okay. Um, I, I, because I do want to give the exact verse reference, and I do want to quote it exactly, because, you know. God's word is great. Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 5, which is what I referenced at the beginning. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose of his will, and actually led it to uh, Ephesians 1, 6, not 1, 5, um, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. That was the verse I referenced what I was saying he chose before the foundations Dude, of the earth. He said predestined. Dude, he said yeah. the word. He Therefore. said it's gotta be true. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. It's I mean, simple math. You also gotta realize that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and so he knew, he knows how everything is gonna to play out. Yep, and so... so I guess it's it's a matter of, yeah, we have free will, but God knows what we're going to choose either way. This discussion is very much so upon the sovereignty of God, which um, because no Christian is going to disagree that he is omnipotent um, and all-knowing and things like that. No one's going to disagree with that. What yeah. it comes into is the amount of sovereignty of God. I am very much for a totally sovereign God over everything. Um because that I just feel like that's consistent with what I read. But I've read with scripture, which would um, some people say that the that the showing the most form of power is not using power all the time when you have the ability to. It's um it's kind of a thing. I think that's what it usually boils down to a lot is its sovereignty. Nice. I mean, water ASMR.
Dude. So I guess now, dude, this is it's not really a quiz. It is great. It's great. Um, my I guess my question is. So I remember I, and I might just be hallucinating, but um, there was something I thought I read about that the, so we were going to be saved, and it was going to be so Christ was going to save us, and they had something to do with the bloodline of David, right? Um, repeat that. Was so. <laughs> I remember some Old Testament thing, and it was like, oh, yeah, and a savior will come, and... I mean, yeah, Jesus, this is in the lineage of David. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, I just... So, I got whose side, though, was it? Was it Joseph's, or was it Mary? Um, it was Joseph, Yeah, which is okay. weird, because then it was, like, uh, the Holy Spirit it put, like, a baby in Mary... So it's still like they're still married. I, it's kind of hard that to explain. Sense. That's 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 kind of getting the, into this like the lineage though. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. It's good enough for me. I don't question much when it comes to this stuff. It's like, hey, it works. I'm not gonna fight it. <laughs> Just I guess Maggle's a Calvinist now. That's, that's what I am. I don't know, man. Well, you keep on going through. Uh, you were at unconditional election. I want to hear what you disagree with. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 let's see. L limited. Wait, did I already do you then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You limited atonement. Can we get a? What was that again? Quick definition. Limited atonement is that Christ died for the elect. So it wasn't something that his death is not supplied to the whole world. Um, that. Mm-hmm. His his death was not universal. So I mean, it's like some people just don't benefit from it. That's what you're really saying. Yeah, right? yeah. So and kind of a lot of the reasoning behind it, because I'm not really sure some scripture verses behind it is um the or one way to put it. So if you do agree with the rest of us, accept that you accept that um the that. The uh, God's calling is one hundred percent like perfect. It's like if when He calls, He would call, and they can't really deny it. And then you have the Holy Spirit residing in those who then after uh, Jesus, um, after they're supplied with justification, after their imputed righteousness upon them. Uh, that the Holy Spirit resides in them, and it resides in completely and perfectly in union with who the Father calls. The Holy Spirit's not going to reside in someone who the Father didn't call. So the th- next thing would be then why would um why would Christ's death on the cross uh go out then more than the Father called if they're both if the Holy Spirit and the Father are in complete union with it would that put Jesus at a disjunction with them? And, um, or if, um, if you want to take, uh, verses like a mission well done, uh, if, uh, what, what do you, is it really a mission well done if you, um, if the people who you died for didn't even come to Christ almost, but that's so kind of what that limited atonement is about. can't come to Christ? Like, they're so, just, like, they're just blocked, like, they're just destined to, for evil and- Okay, so it's Evil not like it's not like people calling out. The, so when it when the people who aren't in Christ 
it's not like someone calling out like, oh, God, please save me from my sin. I want to know you more. I want to be saved in you. And, and God just like, says no. It's it's not yeah. like that. It's a better way to put it is that we, and this is kind of involved with total depravity, of we are all naturally, our natural tendency is to be in sin. I am a firm believer that anything that good that happens comes from God and that the fact that evil people can sometimes do good things is a form of common grace like the fact that we can breathe every day um and that him calling us should be seen as a gracious gift because he's taking us out of our disgusting nature and it's a gift that we shouldn't take for granted but the people who are still in that nature are not going to want to come to God essentially you're not going to want to come to God unless he calls you to him because it's not it's not of us it's it's not our it's not our desire so it's we not are god saying no it's people saying no it, yeah it's people always saying no and god saying no you come here consistently just saying no yeah yeah it, i originally disagreed with it because i didn't understand it and i disagree with things i don't understand sure. or have a decent explanation with because well it's not that i disagree i just don't agree with it essentially where it's like all right, I'm going to put this one on back burner because I don't understand it yet, and I can't pick a side. It wouldn't be fair. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree people do say no and refuse. And, Next one. And it's part of their nature. Let's see. Um, irresistible grace. Irresistible grace. Yeah, I think so. Wait, so hang, hang on. Just, just to be completely clear, you, you were saying that limited All atonement... Right. Uh, I guess envelops everyone, but only the people that accept it reap the benefits. No, limited atonement is Christ only died for the people who God has called before the foundations of the earth. Hmm. Wait, now I don't understand because the explanation you gave me earlier they match up. Okay, I may have. The... Go ahead. Okay, so that to me implies that Jesus is not the perfect sacrifice. And by that I mean that so before Jesus came along, people would atone for their sins using a lamb, preferably the, the least unblemished, I guess. And so that's how they did it. But, but that meant that that would only account for a certain amount of time like a year implying that it has limited value to it mm -hmm. and so by saying that jesus only died for to atone for that limited amount of sin that the elect have implies that he's not a perfect sacrifice that can envelop every person's sin so i definitely see where you're coming from um i would say that uh uh, the difference between it is that a lamb cannot fully die for a person's sins, but a perfect lamb can uh, perfectly die for someone's sins. All and right. um, that the, it's not a continuous sacrifice. He he died uh, for the elect. And um, I, I guess the opposite side of that would, would it really be a perfect sacrifice with people denying his death? Or if if that makes go. sense. All right, that's perfectly fine, Maggle. Uh, it's uh, fun having you here. 
Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if I completely agree with that one, but most of those things I do agree with. That's fine. Well, you know, we'll have further discussions about it later. Oh, I can understand yes, what you believe fully. All right. Um, let's go. All right. Bye bye. Bye. But um, what's it called? It, it's kind of like the thing I was talking about earlier with um the perfect union between God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of difficult to put into words, almost. Yeah. So, so you are are very much on the opposite of what I would believe. I would say, Is that true? Well, uh, I'm a Southern Baptist. That's oh, my denomination. So, yeah. um, I I agree with like total depravity. Mm-hmm. I I'm a little. Like I'm on the fence about the, the the elect, I guess, because I realize that God is all knowing and He knows who is and who isn't gonna be uh, saved, I guess. And so I can't argue that, that. It's just that I still believe that we as humans have free will to choose whether to uh, come to Him or not. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, my faith is very much based on, like, relationship rather than just a set of rules, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. So, like, initiating that relationship would be consent of both parties. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, God is going to accept everyone who comes to him. That's undeniable. But, But it's up to the people to, I guess, also initiate that relationship. Hmm. So one thing I would say to that is that um, uh, predestination, I don't think, denies consent. Because the illustration, it shouldn't necessarily be illustrated as like a steamroller and like God running you over. It should be illustrated as... Um, the way that my pastor put it is God is a, a, a loving father who you are a child. God is a loving father, and you've been playing outside all day in the hot sun, and he walks up to you with your favorite ice cream in hand, and, you know, just hot outside, a nice summer day, and he's like, here, come have this ice cream. The kid is giving consent, and the father is giving consent for the kid to still come. And the kid's not going to deny that. They're not going to deny such a good thing that they so much desire. Yeah, un- like the, what is it, Irresistible Grace? Yeah, I mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, I can't remember what Perseverance of the Saints is. Perseverance of the Saints is that, essentially, once saved, always saved, that Jesus will never let you go, and you will never leave Christ, and that everyone who the Father okay, yeah. called, yeah. So that... That pretty much goes in line with the irresistible grace, which I mm-hmm. agree with. So, yeah. The only one, like, I don't agree with would be a limited atonement. And then I'm on the fence about the elect. And, and that's that's fair, because there's definitely a lot of stuff that you would have to accept in order to think yeah. like that. Because whether I like it or not, we have to accept that. Uh, or yeah. I would have to accept that some people were predestined for hell. Obviously, it's a very saddening thought. I mean, yeah. It's it's something that is definitely a 
a thing of our um a condition of our worldly depraved just messed up world but yeah and so you uh disagreeing with me on some things would you say that you enjoyed the this time in the bible study would you say it's informative or i mean yeah yeah I always enjoy having like these discussions. Yeah. So I love them too. Well, especially since uh I'm going to school for Christian ministry and stuff, so Nice, nice. So you said you're Southern Baptist? You um Yeah. What what state do you live in? I live in North Carolina. Okay, okay. Cuz I live in Georgia. So like very, Bible Belt, yeah. Yeah. It's... Very prominent Southern Baptist and then also non-denominational which are Southern Baptists in disguise a lot of the time. Southern Baptists <laughs> with a cool website. Yeah, Southern Baptists with, you know, better music <laughs> with fog machines. Yeah. Well, so, I, I mean think... Go ahead. Uh, I've come to it like what you were saying about the some people are predetermined to go to hell like yeah, I can I guess everyone is on this, a straightaway ticket to that, but like, I don't know. Yeah. If we don't accept it, then that's pretty much a given. Mm-hmm. And then like, same. Th- I've, I actually had a, had to come to the realization with like age of accountability. Like, yeah, that's a thing that we can hope for, but. Nowhere in the Bible does it explicitly say that there's an age of accountability. And so, yeah, like we have to realize that God is just. And so when like aborted babies die, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. But God is still good. Yeah. And like that's one of the things that's been uh, a hardship for me, at least, is having to pretty much ignore saying anything on what happens to them and just falling back on. I will trust the justice of God. I will trust mm. that he is good and holy and whatever does happen to them is righteous in the eyes of the Holy One, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's not really much else for me to on that. but. Yeah. Well, so. I think this is a good place to end it. Um, yeah, I have to get ready to go. So. All right, I'm going to pray, and then everything will right, end. Cool. Dear Lord, um, I thank you for this time that we're able to study your word, Lord, and just uh, look through it and see what truths it brings out, God. I just thank you that we're able to study this type of stuff and not be condemned to hell for disagreeing with each other on some things, Lord. Just the graces that you've given to us are so wonderful and great, Lord. Um, I just thank you for the people being here. even though some of them have left, that they were willing to even just come here and listen to your word, God. If that's the only thing that comes out of this, of people just being able to read the Bible, then it it is enough, because your word is so much better than anything that I could say, Lord. Um, I just pray for the people here that they we will be able to go throughout our weeks and just be in constant praise of you, Lord, whether that be through prayer or the reading of your word, God, because you are so deserving of our praise, God. Um, I just pray for all these things in your wonderful and holy name. Amen.